time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Welcome to another edition of Re-Engineering Your Finances. Walter Storholt here alongside Charles Weldy. Charles is the founder and certified financial planner at CP Weldy Group, serving you in Delaware and Chester County areas with an office in Chad's Ford, PA. On Route 52, you can find him online at cpweldygroup.com. Charles, it is great to be with you on today's show. How you been, my friend? Walter, I'm doing okay. No complaints. Life oh, is good. I am glad to hear it. I have all 10 of my fingers after a weekend of uh, renovation projects, and so I, I call that a successful weekend as we head into uh, our recording today. There was a slight mishap, Charles. We, we, we had a small chance of only emerging from the weekend with maybe nine and a half fingers. But, uh, oh. oh, what happened? <laughs> I was, uh, I was rent- removing an old toilet, and uh, the bolt was stuck on the toilet, and so I was trying to finagle the bolt. And I guess just, you know, not, you know, cognizant of uh, how strong I am, Charles, uh, shattered the bowl of the toilet, like the upper, the upper part. Oh, wow. And uh, dug right into my finger. And I won't go into any, you know, graphic details for the listening audience. But um, it required a trip to urgent care where they uh, sutured me back together. But it, it wasn't actually in risk of falling off. It was just a uh, deeper cut than normal so i figured yeah we better get this thing stitched up a little bit so i got yeah, a, a little well, in- adventure to the weekend <laughs> one bit of advice for you walter next time that happens call a plumber <laughs> call a plumber you know you know charles i'll be honest with you uh so this is in my office it's a second story office and there's a balcony off the office i actually got the toilet all the way out to the balcony and i said you know what i should really just do this the redneck way and just throw this off the balcony and let it break into 20 pieces down on the grass below and then just pick up the smaller pieces and, you know, easily transport them into the, uh, into the dump. Right. I said, no, let me be good. I'll try and disassemble it. And by trying to be good and do it the right way and disassemble it into two pieces, uh, I ended up, you know, then getting injured. So right. but wow. it's, it's par for the course. It's, it's how things happen. So in any Th- event. Things could be worse. That's right. That's right. It added a little intrigue to the weekend, that's for sure. Uh, But no, everything else is uh, going well on this end, and I'm excited for our topic today. I understand that uh, instead of doing any sort of housework and renovations this weekend, you've been filling up a lot of your time preparing for tax season, of course. We're in the the midst of it. I won't say it's on the way, Charles. You're you're kind of uh, mired in the middle of all of it right now, right? Yeah, we kind of started like, I guess, February 8th. And uh, what is it now? It's at the end of February. So we, we've been going at, at it strong for two weeks. So we anticipate the next nine weeks will be pretty busy. And, uh, you know, tax preparation, something people have to do. Uh, what we try to do is, um, you know, identify returns that we can do some maybe tax planning and help them either, uh, you know, decrease or uh, eliminate their tax burden in the future. Well, it's a great point about what today's show topic is going to be all about, kind of the marriage of those two things, tax planning and also just the tax filing aspects. And so what we're going to do is, as you get ready to file your 2020 taxes, we're going to look back at maybe what changed in 2020, what you need to be aware of as you file this year's taxes, but also some of these topics we want to explore, okay, what's that going to look like for the rest of this year? So what are the 2021 implications as well? Um, And so we're going to try to answer some of those important tax questions for you on today's show, because with a couple of different acts that came down at the beginning of last year, Charles, and the coronavirus pandemic, things went through some changes. And so we do have some things to discuss. One place where I've been getting a lot of questions from family members, and I'm sure you've gotten this question from folks before as well, with stimulus payments. Are those stimulus payments that a lot of people received this past year, are they taxable? Are are they going to impact tax returns in any way? 
Well, Walter, they're definitely not taxable, but you have to like record them on your tax return. And the reason being is that um, basically there's a reconciliation. Those payments were, st- those stimulus payments were sent out based upon your 2018 or your 2019 tax return. And your 2020 really is the, um, you know, I guess the final return that's going to indicate whether they underpaid you or overpaid you. If they underpaid you, they're going to give you the difference. If they overpaid you, you don't have to pay the, uh, the overpayment back. So uh, to answer your question, the stimulus payments aren't taxable, but they need to be recorded on your 2020 tax return in order to identify whether you get an additional uh, balance due you from you know the federal government. And if, you're, if they paid you too much, they're not going to uh, require you to pay it back. At least at the time of this recording, the third stimulus payment is kind of being discussed and, and you know talked about in Congress and uh, with President Biden kind of going back and forth on what that's exactly going to look like. Is it pretty safe to assume that as we look forward to 2021 that it'll follow kind of similar rules and structure and that they won't be taxable as well? No, they won't be taxable, but it's really important that if there's a big difference in income between, say, 2019 and 2020, Uh, that you file your 2020 return sooner rather than later because the most recently filed return is going to be the return that's going to indicate the amount of your uh, third stimulus payment. So for instance, if my income was really high in 2019 and I got a little stimulus payment or none at all in 2020 because of the pandemic, maybe I was out of work or the income is a lot less, if I file my return early and IRS has that on file, my stimulus payment number three could be as much as $1,400 per person. And I guess vice versa, right? If you uh, ended up making yeah, more in 2020 than in 2019, you might want to wait as long as possible. Exactly, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, good point, good point. Very interesting. All right, so uh, yeah, delay a little bit if you want. It might might pay off a little bit. The one-time procrastination could help in, in life, right, Charles? <laughs> well, I heard, I heard a story one time, procrastination. I was going to you know, look up in a dictionary how to spell it, but I figured I'd wait till tomorrow. There you go. I love it. I love it. All right. So stimulus payments, certainly a, uh, just something to be aware of, but uh, no big tax implications, it looks like, um, from those this past year. What about tax brackets? Did the tax brackets for 2020's filing change from what we did in 2019? And, and then what about looking ahead to this year as well? Yeah, no, uh, the same tax brackets, they start at 10, 12, they go as high as 37. Uh, basically, uh, I say 10 and 12% is good. You know, we call that the green zone. And 37 is the red zone. That's the highest. And somewhere in between is where a lot of taxpayers lie, uh, somewhere around 22, 24, 32. And uh, they're the same. And I think, you know, realistically, if we look at history, they're, they're very low. And, um, you know, I, I anticipate that continuing in 2021, even though we have a new president. But, you know, 2022 and beyond, who knows? I mean, obviously, all this money that's being printed, uh, you know, people out of work, the deficit, you know, growing. I just believe in my heart of hearts that tax rates are going to go up uh, sooner rather than later in the near future. Yeah, it's interesting to uh, look at how things may change in the coming years in regards to tax brackets. And uh, will we make it to the end of the life cycle of this current tax bracket decision? I think not, Charles. No, 2026, we're supposed to revert. It's a sunset provision back to the old tax rates before Trump, you know, uh, instigated these new tax rates. And I don't think it's going to, you know, we don't have to wait that long for tax rates to go up. I think they're definitely going to go up sooner rather than later. That's just my opinion. And Talking to other professionals, I think other professionals feel you know the same. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. All right, so we've got stimulus payments down, tax brackets discussed. There was also something, I remember seeing this, maybe you can clarify the details for us here, Charles, about how the CARES Act 
made some extra provisions for giving to charity. Can you explain a little bit what, what was going on there and, and how people might be able to take advantage of that? Yeah, so uh, you know, most people today, they don't itemize. And you, know, you have to itemize your deductions on a schedule called Schedule A to get a charitable deduction. And since most people don't itemize, they get a standard deduction anywhere, say a single person, maybe 14000 a married person, 28000 they don't get any like really tax benefit for donating to a charity. So what the government did this year is they allowed people who take the standard deduction to take as much as big deal $300 deduction on their tax return. So even if you're in the highest bracket, 37%, and they give you a $300 deduction, I mean, you're saving about $94, $95 in taxes, not a big deal. But the reality of it is, is... Um, that $300 deduction is not, uh, is not like clothing or, you know, goods and services. It has to be like cash, checks, you know, something that you can substantiate. So uh, whether you're single or married, it's $300 for calendar year 2020. For 2021, I think they're raising it to $600 for a married couple. So some uh, more changes ahead in that regard, but that's great. Good for individuals and good for charities as well. I'm sure they'll appreciate that extra flexibility for people to have that incentive to give, even if they're on the uh, standard deduction. Absolutely. So fantastic. All right, required minimum distributions. Even before the pandemic, there, were, there was a big change due for required min- minimum distributions in 2020. Then the pandemic came along and kind of changed things again. What's the latest landscape on those RMDs? really depends on your age. So if you were not seven and a half prior to 1231-19, you were not required to take your required minimum distributions until age 72. So the point I'm making is uh, starting 2020, if you're not yet seven and a half, you don't have to take money out of your uh, IRA accounts or 401ks until you're age 72. Then it's mandatory. However, for calendar year 2020, because of the pandemic, the IRS uh, permitted people not to take any money out without penalty because they were concerned the market being down in March, you know, people would, you know, take money out of an account that was down in value and they never get it back. So they kind of holded it for a year. And most of our clients, uh, you know, they didn't take their RMDs, but they did Roth conversions because, again, tax rates had historically low levels. They took advantage of that. Uh, going forward, 2021, uh, we're back to the old rules. The IRS is going to require you to take your RMD. Uh, again, if uh, you didn't turn 72 until after 1231 19, you know, you don't have to take it out till you're 72. But those that were 70 and a half prior to that date uh, continue, have to continue taking their RMDs based upon, you know, the, uh, the old rates. The other thing is, because of the COVID, they allow people that were under 59 and a half to take money out of their IRAs, 401ks without penalty. Um, they permitted them to either report that income in the year received, 2020, or spread it out over three years. I just read an article where less than 10% of the people did that. Uh, we had very few clients that did that, um, you know, uh, because, you know, they, they had uh, cash resources in other places. But again, if you are under 59 and a half and you took money out of a, an IRA in calendar year 2020, there is no penalty. You know, it's dissolved for that one year. And then you have the option of reporting all that income in calendar year 2020 or spreading it out over three years. Some uh, major changes there in the RMD world and uh, a lot of moving parts to try and keep up with. People may need to rewind and listen to that part again, Charles, if they have any questions about 
RMDs because it was a little bit like, here's a change. Oh, no, wait, hold on yeah. a second. We're going to do this direction. And no, oh, no, okay, then next year it's going to go back to this way. So a uh, lot, lot to figure out there for folks who are in that RMD vicinity or maybe have wanted to do some borrowing from their um, retirement accounts over this past year during the pandemic, different rules and changes. If you need more info on that, please reach out to Charles, ask any questions that you have about it. 610-388-7705 is the number. 610-388-7705 or go to cpweldygroup.com. All right. What about the home office deduction, Charles? Any changes there? And it's just a one of the most popular questions I would imagine after this past year of everybody working from home. Yeah, but here's the thing: if you're an employee, uh, the IRS doesn't allow you to deduct any employee business expenses. So the reality of it is, is it's a, it's a non-issue for federal returns. You know, the federal government, if you're an employee, will not allow you to take any business deductions to offset your W-2 income. If you're self-employed, you can use a home office, and the home office basically would be allocated. Number of rooms, hey, one office, number of rooms in the house, eight. So one-eighth, which is 12.5% of all your home costs would be attributable to your office and could be deducted. So the point here, Walter, is unless you're self-employed, forget about home office deductions. No matter how long and how hard you worked in your home office, the IRS is not going to give you $1 tax benefit for county year 2020. Now, to pivot on that, states are different. Pennsylvania allows you to take you know, employee business expenses, but the reality of it is our rate here is only 3%. So if I go through this convoluted you know, computation and figure out that, hey, you got a $1,200 deduction, 3% of $1,200 is $36. It's not, sometimes it's not worth the effort to go through. But the point I want to make to the listeners on this podcast is that depending upon your state, you might get a state deduction for a home office, but at the federal level, it's not existent. Unless you're self-employed, hey, thirty-six dollars will treat the family to a pizza night, Charles. So don't, don't, you know, don't, don't, don't just uh, th- thumb the nose up at the. Yeah, uh, I got, I got it. Thing. Yeah, it could pay the cable. <laughs> it, it could pay for uh, one third of the cable bill. There you go. There you go. Exactly. You could get you can get one or two streaming services covered on that uh, on on that bill. There you go. Right. Fantastic. All right. So uh, that's good to know about home office uh, deductions, and it's still. Uh, kind of falling under some previous rules. Not a lot of big changes there. All right, what about, let's talk specifically about filing, Charles. How do you advise clients to file their taxes? I mean, do you have anybody that's still just using TurboTax or H&R Block to, you know, file their their taxes and just, you know, kind of doing it in the online method or uh, CPAs or, uh, you know, obviously with your background, you're well ingrained into people's uh, tax situations. What's What's the environment and your involvement look like when it comes to people's tax conversations? Yeah, I, I think like probably, you know, a lot of people do it themselves on TurboTax. You know, uh, some people, you know, go to H&R Block or some of these franchises and others go to a professional like ourselves. I mean, the reality of it is, is, you know, tax preparation is one thing, tax planning is another. And, um, you know, I don't do many returns here. I mean, our firm does about 500. I review all of them and I'm always looking at, you know, the tax return as, hey, is there an opportunity to accelerate income and pay, you know, tax at lower rates? Or is there an opportunity to create some tax deductions down the road that could benefit the taxpayer? So uh, the reality of it is, is like, I guess you get what you pay for. Tax preparation is not a big deal. We don't charge a lot. But tax planning, you know, I think even those that do it yourself, it's like maybe once every two or three years, maybe every three years at the most, you went to a professional just to have your return done by them and maybe get some tax advice. It might be well worth the cost. So uh, I haven't read any recent statistics, but I would think maybe one third, especially younger people, might be doing their taxes on their own. You know, one third, 
you know, uh, basically get on H and R block. You know, they feel comfortable. You know, with that type of service, and then one third, you know, probably go to professionals like myself to maintain a relationship and maybe to you know enhance their tax savings down the road. So a little bit of everything, but definitely uh, if it's the more complicated situation you have, the better it is to, to work with a, a pro and, and you know come in to see you or the more opportunities that there may be to do some of that tax planning. You're going to be uh, really helped out by working directly with a professional rather than just sort of the, the free softwares out there. Yeah, I remember years ago when I first started, I sent out a postcard to the people in the community and it said, what's the difference between tax preparation and tax planning? Big question mark. And then down the bottom in smaller print, I had the gentleman on Route Kenneth Pike, you know, Route 52. Uh, and, and basically, you know, I just wanted people to be aware of that, you know, most accountants, you know, they're struggling to get their tax returns done, you know, within a certain period of time. But the real professionals, you know, take their time and go through and put themselves in your position and look for tax planning opportunities and perhaps set a date later than April 15th to sit down and review the return with the client. It's interesting to uh, look at all the different angles there. Again, if you have any questions or need any help filing your taxes or looking ahead, that more important element really, looking ahead to how you can do some tax planning for 2021 and beyond, don't hesitate to reach out to Charles 610-388-7705 or CP Weldy Group. Dot com. Charles, last but not least, any state specific? I know it's we're only talking, you know, $36 in that one example, but any state specific changes that we should be aware of? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we have like we're on the border of Pennsylvania and Delaware. So Delaware's different. They have higher rates, you know, for income taxes. I mean, New York is very high. California's high. So, you know, we have this uh, this service that, you know, basically tells us the rules of each and every state. But the reality of it is, is I would just say this. You know, if people are into like um, tax planning, retirement planning, they should really ask themselves, hey, when I eventually retire, what state am I going to live in? Because that could have a huge impact on your taxes. I mean, we see today, Walter, a lot of people are moving out of California to go to Texas or they're moving out of New York to go to Florida. And those tax rates in those two um, you know, states, Florida and Texas, are zero. So when you think about it, uh, you could create you know, a, another le- uh, level of income by getting rid of your, getting rid of your state tax. And um, I'm just thinking out loud that you know, places like New York and places like California are going to see uh, a lot of their population decrease because of their excessive taxation. Yeah, no, I think you're. We saw a lot of that in 2020, and uh, I think we'll continue to see more people who maybe weren't in the position to leave in 2020, but you know, it already is in their mind. Continue that trickle out of those states, perhaps over the next uh, several months, you know, throughout the rest of this year. We'll be interesting to certainly watch that. Well, again, if you have any questions for Charles, don't hesitate to reach out. We'll also put that contact information that we mentioned in the description of today's show, so it's easy for you to find it. So just check the show notes section wherever you're listening to the program, and you'll be able to find those ways to get in touch with Charles. Charles, appreciate the help and the guidance. Good luck as you make your way through the rest of tax season. I know it'll be busy for you, but also rewarding to uh, see that big pile of paperwork come through and then go right up, right back out the door and, and, and be free of it come mid-April. Yeah, and I'll be on the golf course to get my exercises and hopefully getting a couple birdies. <laughs> there you go. you gotta, you got to earn that golf course time. So it'll be, uh, it'll, it'll be here before you know it. For Charles Weldy, I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Reengineering Your Finances.
Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.